0: Welcome to another episode of Seizing Adulthood with me, AD
1: And me, Herwin.
0: A weekly podcast where we talk about our misadventures in adulthood so that you can learn from mistakes without having to make them and we can tell you how not to adult. We are actually a few days late with this episode because this week has been such a busy week for us. But at least this episode is still within the weekly range. So we didn't miss a week, right?
1: Right, we crammed this episode, which is actually related to this week's topic, because we go back to school.
0: Hmm, this episode alone can give me PTSD. <laughs> anyway, we talk about school stuff, rather, and studying in general. So, Herbert and I will be talking about how things were like back when we were students. And to keep up with the times, we actually asked people who are still studying to help us with the tips.
1: Right. So we have Yael, who's in senior high, Semi, who's a college freshman, and Lubel, who is in grad school. Well, you're in grad school too, but you chose someone else to do that part.
0: Yeah, I think Lubel will do a better job at giving tips as a grad school student. So what type of student were you back in school? Are you the hard worker, the chill student, the intellectual outsider, the tech guy, Hmm, the gamer type? Everyone's best friend, the clown, or the extracurricular kid. Or maybe even the enigmatic figure, the overachiever, or the party animal.
1: I'm most definitely the gamer type. And as my mom would say, you na
0: And I'm probably the chill doodler in class who would rather draw than actually pay attention to any lecture. Join us this episode as we talk about our misadventures in school... And listen to us tell you how not to study.
1: So, school. It brings back a lot of stupid childhood memories. I did a lot of stupid things back then that I remember a lot more of the dumb stuff than the academic stuff.
0: As for me, I actually only left school a year ago. And for our veteran listeners out there, or for anyone who has listened to our intro episode they probably know how I used to teach. I once taught preschool and middle school, which eventually turned out to be junior high thanks to the recent K-12 movement that happened a few years ago. But I no longer teach in a classroom because, well, the whole teaching experience became detrimental to my mental and physical health. Because, you know, being a teacher doesn't really end the moment you clock out of work. And it was just a very... I don't know it was just very stressful for me to continue teaching from the work environment especially the very toxic people to the amount of workload so yeah I said goodbye to teaching and that's why for this episode I would talk more about how I was as a student and maybe just a few things about me as a teacher as well
1: and right now she's happier more carefree, and, well, no longer stressed.
0: So, before we start with the tips, share a memorable experience you had in school.
1: I can't remember what grade I was when this happened, but it's something that I know even my brother can remember. So, our teacher was writing our homework on the blackboard, and he wrote, Research about Tenzing Norgay and write an essay about him. And being the dumb kid that I was back then, I said out loud, Who the hell is Tenzing Norgay? ng iti ko nun, Class clown. Eh. So, doing something stupid was somewhat gratifying until our teacher turned around. Yun patay. Right. Uh, on that day, I was sitting in front so it was easy for him to find me. Then he pointed at me and said, What did you say? And uh, who is that man? And, well, well, tu pa And then he proceeded to repeat his question. What did you say? Uh, who the hell is that man? <laughs> Ayun, patay. With uh, that reply, I sealed my fate. Ayun. extra homework. I was tasked to write. I will never say who the hell is that man ever again. One hundred times. To be submitted the next day.
0: Classic nineties punishment.
1: <laughs> anyway, I was able to do it, but the day after that, I never said who the hell is that man ever again? So what's yours?
0: So before I tell you my unforgettable experience, who is Tenzing Norgay?
1: Digo parin alam tenzing norge. No, I know, I know, I know of him. Just Google him, you'll see articles everywhere. <laughs>
0: One of my most memorable experiences I had in school was not me punching my classmate in preschool, but my mom screaming at a teacher. So back in the 90s and I guess early 2000s, our teachers weren't as mindful when it comes to their words or actions. Let it be clear that I'm not generalizing and saying all of them were like that, but most of the teachers I encountered were a bit, hmm, I don't want to use the word tactless, but they were more straightforward especially the ones I had in high school. And mind you, I studied at a Catholic and exclusive school for girls, so you can only imagine. Anyway, my dad was an architect, and my mom was managing a business back then. So they were both very busy when I was growing up. And usually, or sometimes, they would even be out of town, so they were never really around whenever a parent-teacher conference or parent-teacher association meeting would happen. Then, when I was in fifth grade, it just so happens that again, no one would be able to attend the PTC to get my card because they were both away that weekend. So, just to be clear, my parents were not absentee parents. They spent so much time with me growing up, but hindi lang talaga sila nakaka attend ng PTCs because they, were usu- they would usually fall on a weekend. And yung nangalang pahinga nila. I mean, come on. Now that I'm an adult, I get that as well. Give me my weekend, give me my break. Anyway, back to the story. My fifth grade homeroom teacher was asking the class whose parents would attend the PTC. And then I said politely that my parents, again, couldn't make it because they were actually out of town that weekend. And can you guess what the teacher told me after that? Halatang hindi niya pinag-isipan tanong niya. She replied with, Ano ka ba? anak o ampon. And I was like, "What? Why would you ask me that?" So, when I got home, my mom asked me how school was. And then I told her what my teacher said. And believe it or not, she canceled all her fucking plans for that weekend. At sino good niya teacher ko. She attended that PTC. She went all, "How dare you ask my child that question?" Then demanded to see the directress who was a nun, by the way. And you can hear, I swear, you can hear my mom's screams from the third floor all the way to the stairwell leading to the first floor. Malakas nakakaya. But, I mean, yeah, I get it. I understood why she was angry because I guess she felt more offended than me. But what I couldn't understand then was the teacher's intent. Sobrang condescending naman kasi ng tanong niya using her logic, she's using her basis na totoong anak ka kapag ina-atenda ng parents mo, lahat ng school activities mo, at ampun ka kapag namimis nila kasi they're so busy with their lives and they're so busy trying to give you a good life.
1: So, how did the teacher react, by the way?
0: She went on saying how it was a joke, Apologize, lol joke, really. Ang joke na tungkol sa ampon na nakakatawa yung RC ko, la commercial. Anyway, if I were to do that in this day and age, na-cancel na ako sa social media because a parent would probably post about how insensitive that remark was. And yeah, let's say, let's say nga, o, oh, kanyere, paano kung ampon nga ako? Ano naman? I'm grateful for having a family that took me in and took care of me. So that was actually one of the most memorable experiences I had in school because it was an unforgettable experience seeing my mom scream at someone else and not me
1: <laughs> there's a huge difference with how we were taught in school back then and how children are being taught right now most of the teachers back then were tough and to be honest i appreciate how their sternness molded my early childhood dati pag napatukan ng chalk or eraser taimi ka na lang Kasalanan kuya. It's either I was noisy or I said something stupid or insensitive. And now, if a teacher throws a piece of chalk to a student, hmm, automatic lawsuit.
0: Cancelled. <laughs> well, most of us don't really use chalks anymore. So, baka whiteboard markers ang ibat sa yung. But yeah, that won't happen.
1: Ninety schools have this form of tough school discipline that i'm not completely sure if it did more harm than good but hey look at the 90s kids now some are batshit crazy and some turned out okay anyway since ad and i have been out of school for a couple of years now Only we decided to ask for help from current students They are more qualified to give these tips to you since they know the lay of the current land better than we do. So, let's hear our first tip from Yael.
2: Hi, I'm Yael. I'm a senior in high school and a HUM student, which means that I've kind of been through a lot academically. um, And I'd like to think that I kind of know what I'm doing, um, which is why I'm very excited to share my tip with you so my tip for you guys is to not do everything at once. And I feel like that's a very general statement. Um, and it mostly means to ensure that the stuff you are doing is easily digestible. May that be your notes, may that be your to-do lists and stuff like that. So personally I get overwhelmed fairly easily and I tend to catastrophize because of that. And so if teachers post a lot of homeworks on one day I just get very nervous very fast, and I tend to think of the worst case scenarios right away. And so a way I've been battling against that is by breaking down my big tasks into mini tasks. So say I have a research paper, due like in two weeks, Um, rather than putting finish your research paper, I would instead put uh, pick a topic for research paper and then by tomorrow i'll look for sources that support my topic right but obviously i first i first list down all the all the tasks that i need to do and i outline it and i think it's very helpful for me because a it shows me how little work it actually is and how it isn't you know it doesn't take that much energy to do it and b i can kind of like map out how long it'll take me and be able to balance it with my other my other you know, tasks. And so by making my to-do list bite-sized, I get motivated and I can ensure that I am able to digest the tasks faster um, and easier rather than panicking over it. I think by being able to cross out a task in your to-do list, it motivates you as compared to, you know, if it were just to sit there and it's like boldly reminding you that you have your research paper due in two weeks. And so it's been super f- helpful. I've been doing that a lot. But another thing I've also been doing to ensure that, you know, everything is more easily digestible is this concept of pre-classes. So now that I am in a online setting, um, it's not the same as like the one hour lectures we used to get in real life classes. So teachers compensate um, by... Giving you work before you go to the class, and it kind of primes you with what you need to do and personally, I did not study like before the class. I would only study after after the teacher would give you the the homework and all that stuff. but doing pre classes is actually relatively helpful because you end up kind of knowing what you're going into, and even if you don't take notes beforehand, I highly recommend you do because you know it's it's easier to edit your notes and as somebody who likes to edit your notes uh, while the teacher is lecturing. Um, it's very helpful for me because I don't have to rely too much on their slides. But even if you don't take their notes, you can kind of, or, or don't take the notes before class, you can kind of map out what you want to do. Um, and you can map out how you want to write your notes. And so it's very interesting um, and very helpful. I think your first exposure shouldn't really be when you are in class it should be before you're in class so that you don't feel shocked or overwhelmed by the new topic and you can kind of follow it more easily rather than just being confused during the lecture and again i've only really been trying this out recently because of the online setting i didn't really do a lot of it during class and it's actually really helpful i think um I know what I'm about to study when I go into my math classes, my science classes. And those are the subjects that I especially struggle with, um, you know, because it's just like a lot of terms and a lot of processes. So by having those pre-classes that I do beforehand, it makes it easier for me to digest my subject and digest the lessons that I'm going um, to do. And it makes it easier for me to understand the lesson overall. Um, And so I I really... uh, want to reiterate my tip which is to not do everything at once i think it's important to take things slowly take it one at a time take it a task at a time a subject at a time a lesson at a time and do not be too harsh on yourself um because we are still in a pandemic and so i know it's pretty broad but it's something you can apply to a lot of different things as a student and that's what we like you know we like that it can be applied to different things but yeah you know uh We just have to try and make things easier for us, especially online classes. And I think this is something that is super helpful, super interesting, and something that took me a while to learn. So I hope that you guys uh, give it a shot and let's see how it goes. So once again, I am Yael, a senior in high school and a HUM student. And I hope you learned something. Bye. And
0: that's step number one from Yael do not do everything at once. So I can't really say I've done that back when I was in high school because sometimes I don't even do work. (laughs) But this is more relatable for me back in college, especially when the sem is about to be over. There are just so many requirements you have to pass all at the same time. And You can't even blame your professors for the amount of workload they've given because I'm pretty sure they've discussed and told you about all their requirements months ago or even at the beginning of the SEM. So it was really more of my fault for doing them all at once because I didn't give them any attention prior to the week of submission. And I like how Yael mentioned that big tasks should be made bite-sized so you won't really get to feel pressured about working on them. And you won't really feel the time and energy you're spending on them because you're working on stuff bit by bit.
1: Yeah, by making your tasks bite-sized, each milestone you accomplish feels like a huge achievement as each tiny bit contributes to the whole, making your work a lot less tedious or overwhelming. I think creating book reports was my worst experience for this. During high school, we'd discuss a chapter or chapters of a book on a weekly basis. And being the lazy me, instead of taking notes and finishing a section of my book report weekly, I wait until the last week before the submission, then I try to finish everything in one go. The bad part was, I didn't really take note of everything. So instead of me just summarizing... I had to reread certain parts of the book that I didn't understand. Now that I've grown up, it's always unsafe to rely on your memory alone since we are all hardwired to forget. But I think I forget things a lot more than others. I'm actually brutally forgetful.
0: I make sure I remember things by putting visual reminders for myself. You know that. And back when I used to teach, I even had a chart on one side of the whiteboard and it was more of a designated area that my students could always see so that they would always be reminded of the things they needed to do or to pass or whatever. I had to teach that habit so that it would eventually end up being a part of my students' routine. So I'd like to say that at least it was a bit helpful for them. I hope. (laughs) So thanks, Yael, for tip number one. Do not do everything at once. Let's move on to
3: another tip. And this time, it's from Simi. Hi, I'm Simi, and I am currently a college freshman majoring in psychology. So scientifically proven research-based mumbo-jumbo aside, from personal experience, my tip for you is don't study without a schedule. You essentially know what a schedule is and you know how to make one. You can use whatever you want, a physical planner, google calendar, whiteboard, you do you. But here are some 3 sub tips, I guess on how to go about making that schedule. So first, don't force yourself to work when you don't want to. This may seem counterintuitive but there really is a balance between doing what you have to do and listening to your body. If you'd rather study after class and have your weekends free, do that. But if you'd rather do all of your schoolwork, like studying and org work, little by little each day, then you can do that. Since I work better at night and I am not at all a morning person, I plan my study sessions around that time. So when you're given a chunk of time specifically to study, it's easy to get pressured when you're not being productive. So I often fall victim into the following scheme. I'm given a weekend, set out to study for something, and I'd feel bad every moment I wasn't productive. I would force myself to study in the morning, but since my brain isn't really working, I'd be functioning at less than optimal levels. i take longer to process things and put in more effort to do so. So by the time my brain would typically be at its peak, I was actually too tired to work and have anything absorbed so you have to actually listen to your body and yeah don't force yourself for the sake of whatever um second don't forget to plan your breaks taking breaks is important because your brain can get burnt out if you're studying for too long breaks have also been proven to help with retention actually so it's pretty self-explanatory we love taking breaks we all look forward to taking a break But this tends to be our downfall when we plan our studies. We end up allocating too much or too little time to our breaks without even knowing it. I'm sure I'm not the only one who finished the task, went on her phone to quote-unquote check a few messages, and then boom, three hours have passed. I can't even tell you what I did in those three hours. So in your schedule, don't forget to plan your breaks. Instead of, after I submit, I'll go on my phone. Try, after I submit, I'll watch one episode of the show I'm watching. And instead of, this week, I will study for my chemistry exam. Try, I will study for my chemistry exam Monday and Wednesday morning, Friday afternoon, and the whole Saturday. The other days, I'll be resting. So try to be as specific as possible with planning your studies and your breaks and also try to see what time of break is best for you there's a pomodoro method that says 20 minutes of intense studying and then five minutes of break and then you do that in like several intervals i know that works for some people but it also doesn't work for everyone so also try to figure out how much time you actually need to yourself to get back on track to being productive. And lastly, don't trust your time instincts. You will claim that you have an internal body clock. You don't, I'm sorry to tell you that. Your brain is very biased. So I actually have a story. Um, back in 10th grade, we had Saturday to Monday to study for exams. Um, I had exams on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I started with the hardest one first. It was science. It was biology. I specifically remember that it was about DNA. Okay, anyway, since I'm a visual learner, I actually rewrite all of my notes to study. It was a difficult subject and I felt like I had a lot of time. I had three days. But before I knew it, it was Monday afternoon and I had just finished studying for that one exam. I barely had time to study for that one other exam on Tuesday and I didn't have time to study for any of the other exams that week. You have to set down specific times for you to do and accomplish specific tasks. Plus give some leeway in case something comes up or you take longer to do something than expected. So overall, you don't just sit and study. You have to make an effective schedule that works for your needs and try to be as productive as you can in the least amount of time possible.
1: And that's step number two from Semi. Do not study without a schedule. I also appreciated and liked the fact that she gave subtips to stress the point of her main tip. Semi's first subtip really hit home. Forcing yourself to work could really burn you out faster than you can finish your tasks. If your brain is not aligned to do something that you want to, your mental conditioning can really affect your quality of work. On the other hand, planning your breaks or even simply just deciding to take a break can help you reset your mental state. It gives you the proper breathing time to reassess what needs to be done or simply just having to not think of work goes a long way. As for the time instincts she mentioned, that is definitely true. Even as a working professional, I make sure to set all the alarms that will help me wake up. And I personally hate being late and I loathe the days that I have been late for something. Being on time is an important trait that shows punctuality and responsibility.
0: I kind of wish someone gave me those tips while I was studying. But you know what? Her tips are actually very relatable to work, especially forcing yourself to work and planning your breaks part. Though, imagine mentioned in the part about using your break, doing senseless things, because I'm not kidding, and I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I have a deadline or work to finish, suddenly everything else becomes so interesting. And sometimes, I would just feel the need to rearrange something or clean something. Basically, anything to get me away from what I should be currently doing. So, intense procrastinating. Talaga siya. Anyway, as for me, back in school, I only learned to legit schedule my tasks when I was in college already because work will really pile up without you noticing if you don't keep track of them. Plus, I don't think anyone can survive college without learning proper time management.
1: As for my experience, they're about my elementary and high school quarter exams. Usually, the schedules for that are sent out weeks before the exams and two subjects are paired per day. Like mm, English and history, or math and lit, or religion and science. Being the lazy kid that I was, I would only study what felt convenient for me. So if I only wanted to study lit on that day, I'll only study lit even if the earliest schedule was for history. Obviously, my data retention was poor since all the information gets jumbled in my head and I often had to remind myself to stick to the schedules given by the school. I was very disorganized back then and it took me quite a while to be able to schedule things if I really put my mind to it. So, thank you, Simi, for tip number two. Do not study without a schedule. And along with the sub-tips, do not force yourself to work. Do not forget to plan your breaks. And do not trust your time instincts.
0: Let's move on to another tip. And this time, it's from our very good friend, Lubel.
4: Hi, I'm Lebel, a full-time teacher and a part-time grad school student. You're probably lucky if your work ends when you leave your workplace. However, for some professions, it's not the case. Work extends even when it's no longer work hours, even when you're already at the comfort of your home. Then, add up your desire for personal and professional growth that is grad school, you'd most likely see yourself juggling the need to pass work and school requirements on time, the need to get all the domestic errands done. Well, I mean them as doing the laundry, running to banks to pay bills, planning the week's or month's menu, doing the groceries, watering your plants if you're a plantita, walking your dog, and so on. And of course, the wanting to say yes to a night out with friends. So, giving tips... On how to juggle work grad school and adult life well that's easier said than done you'd often hear people advise you to make a to-do list streamline your tasks set realistic goals know your deadlines and these pieces of advice can go on and on pretty much some of you've done all of those when you were in college you've probably cried buckets of tears Overwork that could have been accomplished earlier but ended up lackadaisically done and somewhat like a buzzer-beater. Or you've probably lost so many hours of sleep just to keep that school-life balance. Thing is, when you're at the prime of your career, when you want to do better, when you want to live life, and when you—well, as a cliche goes, when you want to make that difference— You first have to pause and ask yourself, is this studying even worth pursuing? Whom am I doing this for? If your answer to those questions is yes, I am doing it for myself, then you are on the right track. So here's what I have to say. At this point in your life, know your priorities. Make time for what matters. Be able to weigh which needs your attention more without having to compromise the quality of work of the other. Because at the end of the day, it is you who matters, your peace of mind, and happiness that matter. Happiness is and will always be a choice. It surely isn't going to be easy, but it can be done and you've got this. So, you can choose to either be part-time or full-time on whatever but still be a person with a life.
0: And that's tip number three from Lubel. Do not forget to set your priorities. So we make decisions all the time. And one of the most important decisions anyone should make is knowing what his or her priorities are. And I guess sometimes we just get so overwhelmed with everything that we're doing, especially now that we're adults and we forget to reassess or check what our priorities are. What Lubel actually said hit home for me because I recently had to make the decision to stop pursuing my master's degree in education because I just don't see myself teaching anymore. And I was actually just a thesis away from graduating, but I figured why would I still continue doing something if I won't even be able to use it in the future? I mean, sure, I'll get the degree, but sayang eh, I just don't think it's worth my time, effort, and energy anymore. So yeah, I dropped it, and I'm happier, and <clears throat> I'm now applying to another department, but I'm still in UP, still the same school, and I'm just not taking anything related to education anymore.
1: It's really just finding balance. Although it's hard to actually achieve, I agree with Lubel. Willfully knowing what to put first can set you in the right path with ease. There will always be time to do the things that you love, but doing what you love all the time should not be the only thing that you're doing. This topic really dawned on me when I was in college. It was the weight of my dad's words when he told me during my third year in college that if I don't get my shit together, he'll stop funding my education. I was really scared of what he said, so I had to nut up or shut up. It was a huge shift of priorities for me since I fucked up a lot in college, so it meant that I had to hit the books more and pass every exam and subject. I had to change myself from that guy who went to school just to play to the guy who was a little bit more proactive to pass every subject. And ever since that day, I stopped failing my subjects. And even though I extended for one term, just one term, I'm glad he talked me out of my naive lifestyle.
0: 13 terms later. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, we really have to align our goals with our priorities. So either in school or life in general, whether you feel you're being pulled in a hundred different directions... You should really pause and take the time to set your goals and figure out your priorities. So thank you, Lubel, for tip number three, do not forget to set your priorities. On to tip number four, which is my very own tip, do not cram. Basically, cramming is when you absorb a buttload of info in such a short time, and I'm pretty sure everyone has done this. As a student, I often did this when a huge test is coming up, so I end up getting stressed, anxious, frustrated, and tired, and also out of focus, not to mention the fact that I probably lacked sleep during those times as well. And for me, this happened a lot of times because I made myself believe that I work better under pressure. Wow, (laughs) what a mantra. But Yeah, eventually, I learned that it was better to prepare early for tests or exams than to overwork my brain overnight or in one day with too much information.
1: Cramming is a lifelong tradition of students. I did it, Adi did it, and probably at least every student has done it once or twice. The feeling of something catching up to you and you doing everything not to be all caught up is amazing. I'm not saying it's good, but the thrill of you finishing something at the last minute is such a bad practice even after you graduate. I never really reviewed any lessons until there was an exam or a test. I always end up cramming since I never really made a reliable schedule for myself. I'd often try to cram chunks and chunks of information the night before a big test and naturally... You know where that leads to. Forgetfulness. I'd often blank out at some of the questions and I'd only remember myself trying to memorize something, but not actually remembering what I tried to memorize. My data retention for the lessons was poor, since everything is being done in one night and to create a safety net for myself, like usually for math or chemistry, minutes before the test paper is given. I'd memorize the equations, then write them down on the test just for me not to forget them. I never really thought of it as cheating since I only noted down what came from my head. And do you consider that as cheating?
0: If you're asking me as a teacher, I think you were just being resourceful. Wow. You didn't that off of something else besides your brain. <laughs> and can I just say, I'm actually quite jealous of high school students right now, especially those in SHS, because they were given more time to think about what career path they would want to take. Meanwhile for us, can you believe that at age 14 or 15, we were already taking CETs or college entrance tests? When I was that age, all I had in my head were anime and video games.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. We were forced to grow up. Uh, meanwhile, ako nga puro Magic the Gathering at DS Games na Nasa Otakoe eh.
0: <laughs> Anyway, that's it for tip number four: Do not cram, because it really isn't effective, and it will really just make you more stressed. And for the last tip, from her win, tip number five:
1: Do not cheat. I'm not gonna lie. I did cheat on some tests. I won't specify when I did this exactly as it might bite me in the ass, but I'll share some of the stuff I did. Writing equations on a small piece of paper and putting it inside something like a pen or on the cover of a calculator or inside your shoe is one of the oldest tricks I have ever known. Looking left or right always worked wonders for me as well. My worst one, however, was when I had an exam, I won't say what subject, and I had an entire book open beneath my desk. I made sure that I was seated within an obscure angle and I just flipped away as I wrote the answers to the test. Honestly, now that I try to tell that story again, it's really nothing to be proud of. Because in the end... I learned nothing and I only put myself in a position where I fooled myself into thinking that I did great because I passed but never really looked into what it has done to me morally. Although, I did verify that my sneak was up to level 100 that day. Anyway, sorry for that. It's really bad. But seriously, do your best not to cheat.
0: As for me, one of the things I did back in high school... Was, well, me doing someone else's homework and then I get paid for it. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because, well, I cheated for them by doing their work. Madali lang naman kasi sumula tang essays and all, but some people just find it hard to do so and I was there to milk that cow for profit. <laughs> but yeah, don't do that, kids. That's, that's bad. Let people do their own work, it's their responsibility. But let me tell you about this one time while I was proctoring an exam. By the time I told my students to pass their papers, one student just snatched the paper from another student and started copying the answers. He was so focused with what he was doing, and he didn't even realize I was standing in front of him already. <laughs> so, eh, hule, But I gotta say, ang tapang niya, blatantly cheating.
1: Grabe. Parang utak yun, mm. <laughs> and that's it for tip number five. Do not cheat. Because when you cheat in school, all you're really doing is cheating yourself. Developing good study habits can not only help you pass exams, but also affect our lives in more ways than one. From everyday chores to professional work, learning and studying will always be a part of our lives
0: i just like to mention how the pandemic actually highlighted a lot of social and economic issues in schools. And right now, we can only hope that things get better soon or if not, education would be more accessible to students in all social classes. So yeah, to my fellow teachers out there, you're doing great. And to all the students out there, always try to do your best. And if you need some inspiration, Please do try to read Dr. Lawrence Get my speech about education and pursuing one's dreams. You can find it on the Savior School website. I'm telling you, it's a good read, and he's actually my best friend Issa's brother. So you'll really learn a lot of good stuff from him.
1: Before we end this episode, let us go through the tips mentioned earlier for how not to study. Tip number one. Do not do everything at once. Tip number two. Do not study without a schedule Tip number three Do not forget to set your priorities
0: Tip number four Do not cram And tip number five Do not cheat
1: Thanks for listening to this episode And thanks to Yael, Simi, and Lubel for sharing their tips We do hope you learned something from our misadventures in school
0: Join us again next week when we talk about the nostalgic 90s and how not to lose your inner child.
1: Tell me why ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell Tell me me why. why Yep, next episode is a big one.
0: (laughs) It really is. Anyway, bye. AD out. Bye. Music by Joshua Benzo.
1: Editing by ADD.